...to human life, the death was ruled a homicide. The district attorney's office for the county of New York, that is, the Isle of Manhattan, was duly notified, and thus it came, but only modestly, into the cognizance of the district attorney's chief assistant by means of a pair of lines on a computer printout. This printout was generated by the Complaint Bureau, an organization that was to the district attorney's office as the little ovoid plastic tube on the top is to the Cuisinart. The lines for Baby Boy Doe Number 1 indicated that this was a fresh case, that no arrests had been made on it. The chief assistant's name was Roger Carp, called Butch by everyone except his aged Aunt Sophie. Carp's eye moved on to the 17 other people who had been killed in Manhattan since the beginning of the year. In 10 of these, an arrest had been made, and these were naturally of greater interest to him. Carp had been doing this work for over twenty years. He had been a famous homicide prosecutor, and then the chief of the Homicide Bureau, and now he was the chief assistant district attorney, the operational head of the entire organization. He had not, he hoped, become callous, but he had a lot to do. The murder rate had risen rocket-like in recent years in pace with the citywide crack epidemic and one more dead baby did not appear just then as pressing a matter as the legions of teenagers then roaming New York with heavy semi-automatic weapons. But he did not forget it, not entirely. Not forgetting the slain of Manhattan was one of his major talents. That was the first dead baby. The second dead baby was found two days later, on January 12th, by a track worker on the Broadway line just south of the 96th Street station, It was wrapped in newspapers and stuffed in a supermarket shopping bag. The complexion of the first dead baby suggested it was Hispanic, and this one was a girl and black. The track worker had called the cops immediately. A different team of detectives arrived, and another crime scene unit arrived, who collected and tagged the newspaper wrapping and the grocery bag. Service on the Broadway line was delayed for several hours as a result of which the second dead baby created somewhat more of a media stir than the first one had. On autopsy, the second dead baby proved to have been smothered, and thus, after the usual grinding, baby girl doe number one also appeared as a homicide line on Carp's daily computer printout, along with the four other people who had been killed, all drug-related shootings since the last time he had looked. Baby girl doe number one attracted rather more of his attention than her predecessor. Carp was not a political creature, far from it. Still, Carp understood that the New York DA's office existed in a corrosive bath of media attention, and two murdered babies in a week was perhaps unusual even for the Big Apple. He paused and made a note to give his boss, DA Jack Keegan, a heads up, so that he would be prepared for any questions should one of the city's many journalists choose to do a bleeding-heart piece. That note proved, in the event, somewhat de trop, because on January 17th, the third dead baby appeared. The third dead baby was different, and different for reasons peculiar to New York. On the late afternoon of that day, a young man named Raul Jimenez, a communications student at the Tisch School of New York University, was walking along 112th Street near Lexington Avenue. He was working on a school assignment, which was to make a three-minute video on animals in the city. Jimenez had grown up in this neighborhood, had avoided, more or less, the drugs, gangs, and cops, and was now rising, but rising he felt with an edge. 
The other kids were going to do pigeons, puppies, and squirrels, he figured, while he was going to do bad dogs. It had lately become fashionable among the guapos on the street to keep large, nasty dogs, pit bulls, or ridgebacks, or rotties. Given the average lifespan of this class of person and their average level of responsibility, many of their pets were abandoned, scavenging in garbage for food, menacing people, and usually ending up gassed in the pound or shot by the police. These feral dogs of Spanish Harlem were Jimenez's subject, and the location he now gingerly approached was a burnt-out building and an adjoining vacant rubble field where he knew the beasts congregated. He heard a scrabbling sound and a growling from the rubble. Slipping through a gap in the ragged chain-link fence, he advanced cautiously, holding his Panasonic VHS camcorder up to his eye. Movement.